Home's getting small in my rear mirror. Don't want to go away from here. I don't like where I'm going today. I have to go there anyway. Theme for the getaway car, the Chris Special. This doesn't get any easier. Today, actually, I almost called it quits. I thought long and hard about just not doing this, just giving up. I had one of those days today where I didn't feel anything in particular. I had a lot I wanted to get done, but I didn't do any of it. I found a place on the couch and just disappeared for a while. When I came back, I thought about calling a friend and asking permission to just give up this project. They're right when they say it doesn't get any easier, but it also gets a little harder to stop each time. Tomorrow, I want to wake up in a room with the ceiling lit by golden light reflecting off the surface of water. In a room with a view over a body of water big enough to have a bridge or at least a few boats in it. I would just lay there in bed and watch the golden ribbons dance until the desire for coffee pulled me away. A cold iced coffee and a powdered donut. I'd take a hot shower and sing along with whatever came on the shuffle, pull my clothes out of the bag, dress a little nicer than usual, lace up my shoes a little tighter. I want to go on a vacation where I spend a few days in a hotel and have zero plans. Just wander the halls and find the secret nooks where I can lean against a wall and just people watch. Go to a buffet and eat my weight in melon. Be there with my favorite people, maybe family and perhaps a friend or two I haven't seen in a while. I used to do this, actually, and for a while there, quite often. I'd go to a place to simply get away from the day-in, day-out monotony of regular daily life. And even though it seems like I just got back from doing exactly that, my current stress levels are screaming at me to do it again. Soon. And while I can't just up and leave again, I can think back fondly on the times and the places that made me yearn for the getaway. When I was a kid, I had an uncle that worked in the hotel industry in a town known for its abundance of hotels. Every spring, my extended family would all get rooms on the cheap and spend a long weekend between the hotel rooms, the poolside, the buffets, and whatever other amenities we can find in those secret nooks of the hotels we stayed in. I spent a lot of time with family, especially cousins. I would make the occasional two-day friend at the arcade, but most of the time I would sit back as by myself as I could and just watch the world. If I ever find myself wealthy enough to not have a day job, I think I'd watch people every morning. If I wasn't living in the woods like a hermit, that is. My favorite thing to do in hotels as a kid was just be in the pool as often as I could. Really, being in water as often as I can is still something I love to do. But, with the pool closures during our current pandemic, I'm going a little crazy. I love being in the water. The feeling of the weightlessness and the freedom of movement, it fills me with a sensation of completion, like I was born to be there. And as a kid, I couldn't quite put those feelings into words. But I could ask if everybody wanted to play in the pool, and that worked just as well. Aside from the countless hours spent shouting Marco and or Polo, I would have to say that the big family dinners would be my next favorite. We'd usually hit one of the buffets, depending on what was convenient or what was advertising seafood at the time. We ate around a table almost every night as a family, but when you have a dozen extended family members all piled onto a massive table, the conversations and raucousness of our group would be so lively and liberating, they were just as filling as the buffets themselves. One particular day, we hit one that we used to frequent, but had been going downhill. It just happened to be the most convenient, so it became our only choice out of necessity. By the time we got there, practically everything was gone, cold, or just plain gross. 
Everyone sat at the table and poked at their limp piles with disgust. That's when my youngest brother sat back down at the table with a bowl full of jelly beans. Not just any jelly beans, but Jelly Belly name brand jelly beans. Dare I say, the king of beans? I think I dare. It turns out they had a bowl of them, loose, to be used as toppings for their ice cream dispenser. So my brothers and I each took a trip up there and filled the ice cream bowls with as many beans as we could. We emptied the buffet out. We sat at the table a while, snacking proudly on our treasure, when my dad comes back with another bowl of beans. They refilled, he said with a grin. A plan was then hatched. To make up for our disappointment with the meal, we were going to perform a heist. A bean heist. The buffet had an all-day breakfast nook where you could get the single-serving boxes of cereal, which, conveniently enough, have the tabbed lids that would seal tight enough to be carried comfortably in a large pocket, such as the ones worn by my dad. My brothers and I each took our turns grabbing a cereal box and filling them to the brim with beans. My dad pocketed our treasures, and we were pleased as punch with our success. That is, until it was time to go. As soon as my dad stands up, we hear the hotel-sized buffet room silencing crash of a box of jelly beans hit the floor and explode. The only thing louder was my brother yelling, Cheese it! We ran out of the dining area, through the lobby, and into the elevators. My mother was mortified, but we were laughing so much we could hardly breathe. And best of all, we only lost one of the boxes. We still had enough to fill the hotel room's ice bucket full of candy-coated treasure. Thanks for tuning in. I have a lot more hotel-based shenanigans I'd love to talk about, so I will with time. In fact, I have one more for you after another middle-of-the-episode outro. I made an attempt to move my podcast to another platform a few days ago, and it didn't go well. I'm hashing it out with their support team, and I'm hopefully going to be comfortable in my new digs. If not, then I guess I'll have to move once more. You can probably see the host info wherever I posted this. Hopefully things will work out soon, and I'll have everything up in one place. Well, I only heard from a few people, but they were unanimous in wanting a month full of Halloween stories. They said the more the merrier, and I intend to oblige. I'll still do the weird intro every episode and recap anything important that happens to me personally, but aside from that, it's just going to be a mess of my favorite weird stories, starting with this one. I have a strange fascination with elevators. I've written short stories and run whole RPGs whose seedling ideas sprouted from this fascination. I'm sure it sprung up from the frequency of their use during the same hotel trips I spoke about earlier. In fact, it was during these family retreats where the only truly bizarre elevator event has ever happened to me. The parking garage attached to the hotel we were staying at had three floors and a roof, and the elevator had doors that opened on both the front and the back. The ground floor of the garage, floor one, opened the elevator's front doors directly into the casino. The middle tiers 2 and 3, as well as the exposed roof 4, opened their back doors to the garage. We had parked on floor 3 to avoid the hot sun, and also because floors 1 and 2 had been so jam-packed with cars that there was no place available for us. My mom, my middle brother, and I were making a run back to the car to pick up a few things we couldn't carry on the initial run up to our room. We entered the elevator's front door from the casino, floor 1, and pressed the button floor 3. We rode for a second, got out, got to the car, grabbed our goods, and made it back to the elevator. Once inside, we pressed the button labeled 1. We felt the elevator begin its descent and come to a stop on floor 2. A family of four get into the elevator with us and don't press anything. Not strange, because there's only one floor below us. The doors close and we feel the elevator descend again. But when it came to a stop, 
the light above the door still red too. The door opens, and this time an older couple gets on. I look over at my mom and brother, who look back at me. We felt the elevator descend, but we were still on floor two. Maybe it just stuttered and opened back up for the couple. Perhaps. The doors closed again, and we again began our descent. Again, the elevator stopped. Again, with the red number above the door still reading two. The family of four exits the elevator back into the parking garage. The door shut, and as we descend, my family is just wide-eyed. The elderly couple asks us if we saw the same thing they did. They said they parked on floor two, and that wasn't floor two. They said they had parked right next to the elevator and didn't see their car. At this point, the elevator stops its descent, finally reading floor one, with the casino's side doors opening up. My mom and brother noped out of there, but I'm curious, so I walked out into the parking garage from the casino floor and up the stairwell. From floor one, to floor two, to floor three where our car was parked. The only floor above was obviously the roof, and I didn't bother going all the way up. Three floors, but five stops. I ran back down the stairs and caught up with my family in time to ride the next elevator up to our room. I told them the number of floors according to the stairs and to real space. The only thing my brother said was, ghosts. My mom and I nodded in silence. As we rode up to our room, I think we all held our breaths. But this time, we didn't make any extra stops.